Hello and welcome to another edition of Talking Troy. Today is Wednesday, October 7th, and we are officially one month away from the start of the Pac-12 football schedule that starts on November 7th. We are all very excited for that. We're going to get into that a little bit later in the show. I'm Nathan Ackerman, an associate managing editor with an emphasis on sports here at the Daily Trojan, and I'm joined by two wonderful co-hosts today. Co-hosts, would you please introduce yourselves and state your titles? I'll go first. Um, I am Taylor Mills, and I am a sports editor at the Daily Trojan. Um, I'm David Ramirez, and I am also a sports editor at the Daily Trojan. Yes, we are the sports part of the sports team here at DT, and thank you two so much for joining me on the show today. We've got a lot to talk about because Pac-12 football is coming back. As I said, we are officially one month away from USC's season opener against Arizona State. That'll kick off a seven-game conference-only schedule, and then we can only hope for a postseason after that. David and Taylor, I want to hear you guys' thoughts about whether you thought this day would even happen. I mean, I think the Pac-12 announced a couple weeks ago that it had reached a unanimous vote to return to play football this this fall. And originally, you know, we were thinking maybe there would be a spring season, maybe there would be no season at all. That timeline got accelerated a bit. Did you two see this day happening? Did you two think that we would even be in this position at all? No, I didn't see it coming. Um, and that date of November 7th is just crazy to think about in the context of college football. Um, I was reading the press release from USC football and it was actually a really cool fact. Um, this is the latest USC has started since 1918, which was when the Spanish flu was happening. And they started against Stanford on November 23rd there because public gatherings uh, were banned in October. So, I mean, history repeats itself, but you know what? I'm happy that it's happening. I think we really do need this as a USC community. And I think it's going to be a phenomenal opportunity to give us some entertainment um, and really just kind of, I guess, make this whatever this year has been um, more interesting and just better (laughs) um yeah just to build on your point taylor i I really when they initially canceled or postponed the season and said it was going to be delayed till at least the spring um i thought it was just the other conferences delaying the inevitable when they were uh, postponing their like announcement of canceling it i thought it was just going to be wiped out the season in general and it was just going to be a matter of like the announcements were coming in waves didn't think there was any chance it would happen at all um so yeah, to be here is kind of kind of insane, um, unexpected. I didn't think a spring season was ever realistic to ask the athletes to play two seasons in the matter of whatever, six to eight months, just wasn't gonna happen. So when I heard no fall season, I thought no season at all. So um, yeah, to have a season is, is, is really unexpected, but I can't say that I'm not happy with it. Yeah, the spring season always seemed like kind of an unlikely scenario, I guess. I was I kind of got to the point where I tricked myself into believing that it was possible just because I wanted football back so bad. But of course, it is a much better alternative to have it back this, this fall. I think obviously it's going to be a weird season. It's going to be tricky. There's going to be a lot of health and safety protocols, unusual traveling circumstances. But, you know, if, if they can find a way to make this to make this happen in a safe manner, I think it'll be something that everybody should be looking forward to. And I think that testing was always the big thing, right? Testing was always they were the Pac-12 conference was was always telling us, you know, we yes, every other conference in the in the country essentially is coming back, but we don't just we just don't have, you know, enough testing to be able to get that sort of thing done. We don't have the testing capacity, but now, now that they partner with Kaidel Corporation to do, you know, up to daily rapid response testing with results, I think that can, that can be turned around in like 15 minutes or something like that. That obviously paved the path and was a huge step and probably, you know, the main thing that 
um, allowed the Pac-12 to come back this fall. I don't think we would be we would be looking at the start of a season a month away if it if it weren't for that. But obviously, there's going to be logistics to work out. But there's obviously also going to be football to play. And I want to talk about the football for a sec because USC's schedule is interesting, right? They let me see if I can do this off the top. They start off the season at home against Arizona State. Then they go to Arizona. Then they go to. Uh, Utah, then they come back for a home game against Colorado, a home game against Washington State, and an away game at UCLA to finish off the regular season. And then, as I'm expecting, you two can weigh in. Maybe you disagree. USC is going to go to the Pac-12 championship after that. What do you two think about how this season is going to play out for the Trojans on the field? You know, it's going to be tough. Um, There's not an adjustment period as there is in a normal season, right? Um, Every game really, truly does matter at this point and so I think uh, one of the fortunate things about USC is they have a lot of their starters coming back Um, you know they have a pretty consistent uh, lineup that they can really truly depend on and they kind of know the ability of I think um, one of the big questions is going to be what did this six-month hiatus have uh, in terms of an impact on their physical chemistry as well as their just like team chemistry as well you know Um, Practice really does matter, and a month between now and the first game is not a lot of time. Um, so I'm really curious as to how that's going to impact basically the flow of their game, um, as well as just overall like how the team can actually trust each other and um, how they can really truly like stay throughout a game together and actually finish. Because that was sometimes the problem last season, I remember, is they couldn't hold on to leads. Um, they couldn't keep it together um, through the fourth quarter. And so really that's going to be vital for this team to do this year. Yeah, um, I think um, a season like this definitely benefits teams who are returning starters. Um, we have experienced starters. Um, I think USC is returning something like eight starters on both sides of the ball, which is, is really impressive. Um, they did have some major losses, but I think they, the, the areas that they did lose players, they have a lot of depth, um, wide receiver, um, offensive line. But at the same time, what I'm, what I do feel is a little bit concerning, I guess you could say, is um, I think a season like this, when you have a lack of, of preparation, I think coaches need, coaching is even more important. Um, I think like in-game decisions and being able to kind of manage um, game flow and that kind of stuff is even going to be even more important, especially with the lack of crowds and like other things that give you competitive advantages, I guess you could say. And um, I don't know what you guys think, but um, I think it's up in the air in terms of uh, if USC's a... Uh, coaching is um, up to par with those in-game adjustments. I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, the jury is definitely still out on the coaching staff. I mean, they have, overall, they have a pretty revamped staff this year. New defensive coordinator, new safeties coach, new linebackers coach. Obviously, Graham Harrell is in his second season here at USC. Um, Pretty much everybody except, you know, the person that many Trojan fans wanted fired and obviously Clay Clay Helton is is going to be new new this year. So I think one thing that I've heard a lot on the whole from this staff is toughness and it's about that that mentality that sort of fighting mentality to, you know, I don't want to get cheesy with the whole, you know, fight on. We are Trojans and we fight on. That's what I've been hearing preached a lot from this staff and I think it's 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 going to come down to that. It's going to come down to toughness. It's going to come down to being disciplined in late game situations where we've seen this team, you know, not be as disciplined as it probably should be. And that's why it's lost some of these, some of these close games down the stretch. But um, I, I, I'm actually somewhat optimistic from a coaching standpoint this year. I think that this team is a veteran group. I think it has leaders, you know, among the players um, to start with. And then I think the coaches can sort of, 
take that and put it all together and give this team a sort of discipline and a sort of competitive edge that, you know, maybe the last couple of years we haven't seen quite as much. Yeah, and I kind of speaking to your point of optimism, I just can we just take a moment to kind of consider like the options, I guess, in terms of who USC could have gotten in the North, like and who they got, like they, they avoided Oregon, they avoid uh, Cal, who's a very well coached, especially on the defensive side of the, the ball. Um, they avoid Washington, who has like been a thorn in the side for USC for countless years, despite who the coach is. Um, and yeah, I think with Washington State, especially with the departure of Mike Leach, that's a favorable matchup for USC, especially considering who they could have uh, been matched up with. I'm going to push back a little bit on that because I think that this this selection from the North was actually kind of disastrous. I think that in such a, a short schedule, Pac-12 teams are going to need every chance they can get to really make a mark and sort of, you know, if we're talking college football playoff, they're going to need every game to sort of pick up an impressive win and say, we can beat these top teams. We are one of the best teams in the country. We deserve to be playing, you know, for all the marbles at season's end. And I think obviously Oregon was a somewhat unlikely matchup because everybody was is predicting USC Oregon for the Pac-12 championship game. So you don't really want to spoil that in the regular season. But I think playing a team like Washington or even like Cal would have probably also been a win for SC. But um, I, I mean, Washington State at the at the very worst, this is a loss that could ruin USC's season. And it could, you know, it could certainly signal the end of the Clay Helton era. And at the very best, it would just be a non-impressive win for the Trojans. So I think that's going to be kind of a waste of game. Taylor, I want to I want to hear your thoughts about this because. I was I was sort of hoping for a, for a Washington Cal kind of thing where it's a game that the Trojans probably win. And it also looks pretty impressive on a on a you know on a resume, I guess, and it sort of boosts their case for the college football playoff. If it comes to the point where that's a conversation, of course, there's they have a lot of other things to get done outside of just that one game. But I, I don't I don't know if the Washington State game is really what what USC wants. Yeah, you know, looking at that, it really was underwhelming. Um, and you know what, at the end of the day, we are USC football and we are a brand and we should be competitive in our schedule. Mm, you heard it, David. And <laughs> not to like, you know, completely gang up on David like this, but um, you know what, yeah, like this season, like USC is just going to win the Pac-12 South. You know, that's just a fact. Ooh. Opinion. Ooh. I really don't see Arizona State as, you know, the huge uh, overall goal um, I see Oregon as that final goal this season, and, and I think we need to prepare for them as much as possible. And Washington State just doesn't bring that level of competition necessary. Um, and even for UCLA, I mean, like, come on, like, we need something that builds up to a grand finale, in my opinion. And this just really wasn't that great of a matchup. And I really don't understand, like, why we got pulled for this. But you know what? Yeah. I mean, you're right. Like, at worst case scenario this is what gets Clay Helton fired. Best case scenario, it's just, you know, an underwhelming win. Um, but really, I mean, even for a shortened season, um, every game matters. And you know what? This was just kind of disappointing. Mr. Ramirez, a chance to rebut. I don't know. Maybe I've just been hurt too many times. Uh, I don't let myself get my hopes up anymore. So for me, just the thought of USC coming into uh, that game 4-0, all the everything looking up. USC takes care of business here. They have a shot at the playoff, and then it's like a like a 13 to nine slugfest. USC loses out in like out in Washington, and it just ruins their season. Like I don't know. Like I just maybe hopefully this year will be different. Who knows? But I've just I've seen that happen too many times in recent years, especially with Clay Helton coach football teams, where we we look forward to a game because it's a way to match ourselves up, and we end up getting embarrassed. So. Fair point, fair points all around. Taylor, I want to talk about what you said about the Arizona State thing because 
I've I've looked at the schedule and to me it seems like everything from weeks two through six not going to be a cakewalk for USC, but it's something that they should each each one of those games USC should USC should handle relatively easily. But that week one matchup against the Sun Devils, that one is going to be tough. And USC has started slow the last four years. They've, I think in 20, 2016, they lost like 52 to six to Alabama, which it's Alabama, sure, but that game shouldn't have been that much of a blowout. Um, in week week 17, they had a close matchup against Western Michigan. That I think was tied after three quarters. 2018, they were winning like 19-14 against UNLV. And then last year, they only preserved an eight-point victory over, over Fresno State with an interception, like with inside two minutes when Fresno State was threatening to tie it up. And that's something that USC simply cannot afford this year. If they start slow like that, Arizona State, Jaden Daniels, they're going to capitalize. And I, I do agree uh, Taylor, I think USC ends up making the Pac-12 championship. I don't know if it's quite as much of a shoe-in as you seem to believe, and I think that that Arizona State game is where they could really run into some trouble because they're arguably, ASU is arguably probably USC's top competitor for the Pac-12 South, and if they drop that game, they're going to have a real uphill battle. they got to fight for the rest of the season. I mean, like, what a cord- like quarterback matchup there. And um, I think what we've got to remember, and I think this is, like, the huge thing for me, uh, USC is coming in with a chip on their shoulder from an embarrassing bowl game. Uh, you got to think about how that really has been seeping in these players' minds for six months. Uninterrupted, they have nothing else to think about, but that is their legacy. And they really want to change that narrative. And I think we're going to see um, this experienced lineup that we're going to bring in kind of hungry for a comeback. And um, I really hope that we bring in this like new energy from being rested. And of course, you know, Arizona State is going to be rested as well. But um, I really think USC has something to prove. And honestly, at the end of the day, that's going to be the thing that pushes them over the edge. Um, also, I, I'm really curious as to how our defense is going to match up to Daniels, you know. Um, I'm really curious about what our offensive coordinator or not offensive, offensive de- defensive coordinator and Todd Orlando is going to bring. Um, again, you know, a month to really acclimate to his lineup is not a lot. Um, he really only had like one or two spring practices until everything was canceled and everything went into isolation. And so, um, you know, that's going to be the, the marker of that game is defense. Um, it's really like I think we're pretty equal on the offensive side. Um, I don't think we really have to worry about um, Slovis. I think he uh, has matured and will be, you know, covered by ABT. Um, that gap's been filled, you know, this past week. But, um, yeah, defense will be the, the key marker for that game. And I'm, I'm, really, I'm really confident in our ability. I just, I'm interested in talking about um, just like in terms of on-field product, like not specifically relative to this game, but like what do you guys expect to see? Like do you expect any differences in just in terms of like quality, speed, like that kind of stuff? I mean, I have some thoughts to add, but I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Um, that's, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's a huge question mark. I can't tell you like definitely because honestly, I don't even, I don't even think the coaches know what we're going to see out of these players. Um, you know, again, like we don't know if they stayed fit. We don't know if their physical ability is the actual same as it was in March. Um, Again, like, yeah, we have had practices, but they've been non-contact. We haven't had scrimmage in like a fat minute. So really, you know, this team's chemistry, both physically and mentally, is really up in the air. Um, So it's really going to be a short time period for them to adjust. Um, But again, you know, I think overall, they're still hungry for that uh, reputation rebuttal. Um, They're still hungry for... 
the idea that USC football can be great this year and it can be Pac-12 championship worthy. Um, so I don't know. It's really it's going to be interesting to see what's going to be like the final pusher for these players. I think the thing for me that really gives me pause is the starting and stopping that they've been through the last you know half a year or so. I mean, it was March when they said spring balls just shut down. It's canceled, right? They can't do anything for a couple months, and then it was like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna have a season, and then it was like, okay, we're not, and now it's like, okay, the season's back on. It's starting in a in a few weeks, and. I know that the whole time they've sort of been preparing, they've, they've, they've been, you know, approaching it physically and, and, you know, emotionally as if they're going to have a season. So they were just, they've been, they've been preparing the whole time, but there is always that thought that it's much harder to prepare for a season that you don't even know is going to take place. Um, but I, I do think with professional sports leagues and other sports leagues that we've seen that had to go on pause for the, for the pandemic, when they restarted, the play has actually been pretty solid. I mean, the NBA has looked great in the Orlando bubble. The, N- the MLB has looked pretty solid. The NFL, well, that's, you know, encountering its own issues right now. But the actual play on the field has looked decent. So, I don't know. I mean, of course, this is college sports, so it's much, much different. But I think it's it's going to be, if it's if it's worse at all, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that far off from what we've seen in the past. But, uh, David, you said you had some thoughts. Let me, let me hear you weigh in. Yeah, I think a lot has been made about, like, um, I mean, when we were talking about the NFL coming back, everyone was talking about the physical aspect of it. Um, like, you didn't have an extensive training camp. You, you haven't had uh, a con- full, like, on con- uh, full contact pa- practices and stuff like that. But I really don't think that's going to be much of an issue. I really do think, like, the training and, like, nutrition is sophisticated enough that their players are going to be in shape. They're going to be ready to go. Um, I'm not concerned about tackling and stuff like that. I just think it's more going to be, like, mental errors. I'm more interested in seeing that, just like lapses in concentration. I mean, it's such a different environment. Um, I feel like you're going to see a lot of those, like, receiver wide open down the field, no one within 20 yards, the safety's, like, 30 yards, you know, like, away from the play, like, pointing at someone, they're confused, or, like, a blitz where, like, three guys go untouched and the quarterback gets annihilated and the offensive line's, like, staring at each other, pointing at each other, like, was that you, was that me? Like, those type of plays, like, just completely where people, guys, like, kind of switch off and don't really recognize what's happening. I feel like we're going to see a lot more of that versus just, like, lazy tackling or, like, guys not in shape, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. I think the only hiccup that we really got to look out for is rhythm. Um, and I think the biggest thing um, is going to be Slovis's rhythm. Um, for me, that's like the biggest part of being a quarterback is being able to trust your offense um, and your teammates. And when you really haven't been able to practice with them, I don't know if you can do that. Um, so it's really going to be interesting to see, you know, also we have to remember like he recovered from a uh, sprain in spring. Um, so really this is kind of like a brand new player coming at us. And I mean, he has this pressure of Heisman potential. Um, I'm curious to see if like this quarantine period has, you know, fed into his maturity or if his game is actually weakened. And I hope for the latter. Um, and I, I kind of do believe in the latter, but, um, really it's, it's going to be a matter of game vision. And if a break from it has maybe weakened it for the entire team. Rapid fire, final predictions for the season. I've got USC going six and one winning the PAC 12 championship. I mean, I don't know about winning the PAC 12 championship. And I do that, like, I just want them to go to the Pac-12 championship. Is that, I mean, what is that? Under promise and over deliver? Um, yeah, I mean, that's fair. The, the Pac-12 championship, I mean, obviously, 
we shouldn't even be talking about the Pac-12 championship. That's my fault for bringing that up because USC has to get there in the first place. And, you know, as I said, it's going to be no cakewalk for that to happen. Um, and a lot of what, a lot of how the Pac-12 championship game plays out, whoever's playing in that will be determined by the way that we see these teams playing in the regular season. Um, so, David, unless you have any burning thoughts. Um, no, I'm just going to say, um, you know what, I've, I've been getting, you guys, are calling, you guys are calling me a hater, calling me a pessimist. I'm going to say USC goes 6-0. and but um, the, the pessimist is returning. I'm going to say they lose in the Pac-12 title game to Oregon, unfortunately. But, hey, um, I, I'm going to be hoping for a, a positive result. But I'm just giving my thoughts here. Right. Well, these are all questions that are going to be answered over the next couple months, starting exactly one month from today, the day we are recording this podcast. We are really looking forward to it, as I'm sure all of you are. That's going to do it for this edition of Talk and Troy. Thanks so much to David and Taylor for joining the podcast today. And thank you, as always, listeners, for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon.